Sefer Vayikra, Parshat Shmini on Animal Consciousness. In Parshat Shmini, we're introduced to the foundational laws of Kashrut. In Leviticus chapter 11, God gives Moshe and Aaron a long list of the permitted and forbidden animals. Here's some of the highlights. Any animal that has true hoofs with cleft through the hoofs and that chews the cud, such you may eat. The following, however, of those that either chew the cud or have true hoofs, you shall not eat. The camel, although it chews the cud, it has no true hoofs. It is impure for you. And the swine, although it has true hoofs, with the hoofs cleft through, it does not chew the cud. It is impure for you. Anything in water, whether in the seas or in the streams that has fins and scales, these you may eat. But anything in the seas or in the streams that has no fins and scales, they are an abomination for you. Everything in water that has no fins and scales shall be an abomination for you. God goes on to give examples all throughout nature of what can and can't be eaten, ending with the forbidding of the mole, the mouse, and great lizards of every variety, the gecko, the land crocodile, the lizard, the sand lizard, and the chameleon. For me, this Parsha's meditation upon the animal kingdom can move us to reflect on what differentiates human consciousness from the life experience of non-human animals. We currently have no way of empirically identifying what consciousness is, but it doesn't require one to be a spiritual guru to know that we are all imbued with a deep sense of transcendental consciousness. But because we don't know exactly what consciousness is, it's a substantial exercise in empathy to imagine what kind of consciousness an animal has. In grad school, I was introduced to this experiment when I read Thomas Nagel's 1974 philosophy essay, What Is It Like to Be a Bat? Bats, by the way, are deemed unkosher to eat in this Parsha. In his essay, Nagel argues that an animal having an individual experience would mean that it has consciousness. Conscious experience is a widespread phenomenon. It occurs at many levels of animal life, though we cannot be sure of its presence in the simple organisms, and it is very difficult to say in general what provides evidence of it. No doubt it occurs in countless forms, totally unimaginable to us on other planets and other solar systems throughout the universe. But no matter how the, the form may vary, the fact that an organism has conscious experience at all means basically that there is something it is like to be that organism. There may be further implications about the form of the experience. There may even be, though I doubt it, implications about the behavior of the organism. But fundam fundamentally, an organism has conscious mental states, if and only if there is something that it is like to be that organism, something it is like for the organism. Reading this 20 years ago, I was led to think about whether we can ever know what it's like to be another, another person or another species. Knowing what it's like to be another, I found firsthand is not at all an easy task. But its importance is reflected in the Jewish tradition, perhaps best in Pirkei Avot, in which Rabbi Gamliel is credited with saying, do not judge your fellow person until you have reached their place. That is to say, been in their shoes. The way I read it, that might even mean we're never in a position to judge anyone, 
because we've never truly been in anyone else's shoes. Just as a start, we have no real comprehension of another's life experiences, genetic dispositions, gender, race, or socioeconomic status. So too, it's just about impossible to know what it's like to be a non-human animal. A Jewish understanding of this is that being a human is defined by the spiritual warfare of our inclinations, as is taught in the Tanya. An animal merely obeys its instincts. An angel has no choice but to fulfill the will of the divine. But as humans, we have both an angelic and animalistic side. As such, we know how to empathize with animals to some degree, but not fully. Yes, it's true that we have this higher being, higher levels of our souls, and that we're given the image of God. But it's also true that we are flesh and blood animals. We all have a nefesh behemit, an animal soul. We were not given the distinction of being created on a different day from the land animals. We were both created on the sixth day, it says in Genesis. It says in the Midrash that Adam named all the animals by knowing them, knowing their essence, knowing their nature. From here, the rabbis teach that from there we can indeed know the psyche of such creatures. Only in Eve, however, does Adam later find a true partner he knows on the level of himself. And so when I read the Torah's laying out of the forbidden animals, I think that perhaps the laws of Kashrut and their exploration of the animal kingdom are sensitizing us to the diversity of those worlds. There are not just land animals and fish and insects, but a variety of types. About 8 million species, perhaps, of animals exist today. But sadly, we know that species being wiped out is a horrific development for the survival of our interconnected ecosystem. It may also be spiritually damaging as well. God wants each different level and type of consciousness. Just as God scattered the generations of Babel, so too God scattered the animal kingdom into millions of species. For us, maybe scuba diving and bird watching and animal sanctuary volunteering and pet care can be seen as religious activities that can help us seek to get closer to understanding the consciousness of those beings. These activities require us going beyond the superficial realm of mere behavioral norms. Huber, who focused on human encounter, also wrote about the dialogical encounters with horses and cats. He had an intuition that his philosophy of difference and connectedness, which is primarily about humans, might extend further. Whether one chooses to eat all the animals mentioned in this Parsha, all the kosher ones, or none at all, this Parsha is pushing us to something greater. We can, in addition to going up to higher realms in our consciousness, potentially find God by descending to lower realms of consciousness. And understanding our animalistic side may help us get there. This is crucial for self-awareness, for achieving the fullness of the human experience, for cultivating other awareness, for seeing the fullness of creation, and for finding God awareness. To see that tapping into multiple realms of consciousness could be another pathway toward divine connection, all beginning by paying attention to what we eat. Shabbat Shalom.